It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to last one of the week, Friday's edition of Cork Today, John Paul and Sadie taking your calls at 1850-333-103. And can I just start, because having listened to Barry uh, reading out the local death notices and sympathies to all of the families going through a very difficult time at the moment, losing a loved one. And then, as we know, only yesterday when the lovely father, Tim Hazelwood, joined us from Killer on the programme, uh, talking about just how difficult funerals are at the moment, because so, you know, t- in response to HSE guidelines and all of that, so few people are allowed uh, to attend funerals and the majority of people are adhering to those rules. But I came in this morning to a text from one of our my regular listeners who will remain nameless. Uh, to say that they had a a very sad and sudden bereavement yesterday, nothing now to do with the COVID-19, but they find themselves now uh, facing a funeral and not all that goes with that at the moment because it is so different now for families when they're faced with a bereavement. But he's just making the point that people with all of the best intentions, because this was a sudden and an unexpected death, that some people from the neighbourhood came to offer condolences and hugging members of the family and just with everything that's going on at the moment, they're all trying to stay as safe as possible, try to get through this very sad period. So the message that he wants to put out is for people to just say there's lots of ways that people can send their best wishes and their sympathies Uh, and the best that you can do for mourners is to stay away. You can phone people, you can email your condolences, you can text message people. I know, and I don't know if this this particular family, the death will go up on RIP.ie, but I know RIP.ie has been been really filling a role in that on all of the death notices on RIP.ie you can leave a message and you can leave your condolences. So just for people to be aware of that. And everybody goes into this with the best of intentions. Nobody is trying to upset anyone and if anything they're trying to offer support to people but we've got to remember we are living through a pandemic at the moment and life is very different for everyone and we just have to be so, so uh, careful and just to to say to that that family, I'm thinking of you all and and I pass on my deepest, deepest sympathies uh, to you. Now, um, Texts and WhatsApps are available to you at 0862 103 103. Yesterday we were speaking with Ty Daly of the Nursing Homes Ireland 
about the fact that now the nursing homes in this country are to get a lot more support than the nursing homes felt they'd been getting from the HSE and this had to do a lot with the number of clusters and outbreaks in nursing homes and the devastating toll of the coronavirus is having on nursing homes has actually escalated with one outbreak in one facility leading to the deaths of four residents and 89 of the residents of one particular nursing home have te- has tested positive for COVID-19 and how this came to light and how this information came out it was the Fianna Fáil TD uh, Stephen Donnelly he was speaking because the doll sat yesterday he was speaking yesterday and he spoke about the nursing home it has 200 staff 70 of the staff have tested positive for the infection that's in one nursing home and out of the 100 residents 19 have tested positive and 4 have actually died he's actually said it's got so bad in that particular nursing home that some of the kitchen and the cleaning staff have simply left because they were hearing of so many people being diagnosed positive they just decided no, no job is worth this and the number of clusters of viruses in in nursing homes now has risen to 29 when we did our interview yesterday it was at 24 it's gone to 29 but there's also worrying outbreaks in public long stay facilities as well as residential uh, homes and that's a real, real worry because when it breaks out in nursing homes or residential long stay facilities the patients and the residents in those facilities have a tendency to be the most vulnerable and those who have compromised immune systems and it will just you would fear that it will spread like wildfire through those particular residents and because they're elderly or vulnerable or immune compromised so many of those residents will lose their lives. Now yesterday talking of loss of life 13 more people have died from COVID-19 in the last 24 hours increasing the numbers of people who've tragically died now. 98 have died so I'm assuming that figure is going to go over 100 when we get to today's figures later on uh, today. There was also a new record sent a new record set in the number of positive cases 402 new cases our figure now 3,849 and the Chief Medical Officer uh, Dr Tony Houlihan back doing the daily press briefings after his stay in hospital but looking well and says he's doing okay he said that the daily growth in new cases has dropped It's dropped now to around 10% compared to 33% before the emergency measures were put in place. But he says that that 10% figure, which I think most of us will take comfort from, but he says it's still not enough because everything that's been done is tried to to avoid hospitals from buckling under the strain if we get a huge surge and that's where the big fear is that we'll get this big big surge so even a 10% of new cases dropping from 33 down to 10% we have to do even more and of course testing has been a big issue and we are hearing from just some of our listeners who are very frustrated and very worried waiting on test uh, results uh, and we know that there's been all sorts of problems with trying trying to get the reagent that's needed this is the solution that's needed to actually test the swab. There's been a problem with that. There was a problem accessing test kits. It seems now the HSC has been forced to outsource the testing of thousands of our swabs taken from people in the last few days and they are now going to be sent to a laboratory in Germany because our laboratory services here are simply struggling 
to cope. The shortage of this reagent needed to process the swabs has led to a massive backlog of tests and it's forcing some patients who were given a swab to wait up to 14 days for a result. And certainly we had listeners contacting us who were waiting 14 days at one stage. It was looking, it was a 10 day delay. It has now gone to 14 days. Use of Department of Agriculture labs is is now being looked at and is planned. I think use every available lab we have in the country. I don't see anything wrong with using the Department of Agriculture labs. I'm, I'm assuming they're not as busy as they would normally be. And then pharma companies based here in Ireland, they could soon be making the materials needed for processing the COVID-19 tests because of this worldwide shortage of this reagent. Martin Shanahan, head of the IDA Ireland, said pharma firms here are now in talks with the state and they hope to start making the reagent. Now, when he was pushed as to how much, you know, where we, some of it was being made and it was being exported, would they make enough would there be enough reagent made in this country that would supply our Ireland so we'd have enough for all of the tests? And he did say that that is his expectation. Because I think when people start to hear that the HSE has made the decision to outsource some of the tests and send them uh, overseas to Germany. And by the way, they, the HSE have declined to say the name of the German lab and they've also declined to say how many tests they've sent to Germany for analysis. Outsourcing of testing has never served this country well in the past. And I think people just get fearful when they hear that the tests are going overseas just to make sure that they're all done properly and that everybody's getting the correct uh, results. And then on the lifting of the restrictions, we're coming to, at midnight tonight, we will be one week into the two-week restrictions that were put in place this night last week. It was when the Taoiseach made his address to the nation at half past eight last Friday night and we were told that the two-week restrictions would stay in place until April the 12th, which is Easter Sunday, which is Sunday week. The Thornister Simon Coveney quizzed on this yesterday. He said people must realise the current restrictions, which these are the ones advising all of us to stay in indoors, except in very limited uh, circumstances. He is now saying they may not end in over a week's time. He said, I think people need to realise that these restrictions may go on for some time. And he said it is wrong to put a timeline on it. So he's not giving any set date as to when it will be lifted. How will that decision be made? He says the government will take advice from the chief medical officer and also take advice from the National Public Health Emergency Team. But I am assuming from that you can take it that there will be some announcement or some decision made across next week that will tell us that the restrictions are going to be extended for how long? I, I really don't know. I really, really don't know. 1850 And I just want to go to one email and we've lots of emails. I'm going to do my best to get through as many of them as I can today. But Father Liam Keller uh, emailed uh, to uh, thank us for, for the programme. Thank you for that. And that he was delighted with the interview yesterday with Father Tim Hazelwood. He felt Father Tim offered such sound advice and it was great for us clergy as well. He says, uh, after listening, I had to take a break to say my daily mass at 11am. It goes out la- on live stream on my Facebook page, which is Liam Kelleher. He said, I am cocooned, so I can't take part in my day in the daily live stream, which is from the cathedral 
Cathedral, Cove Cathedral at 9am. Prayers and blessings from Father Liam. Thank you, Father Liam. I appreciate you taking time out uh, to email us and stay safe and prayers and blessings to you too. I want to read this to you very quickly. This came in as a WhatsApp that closed the programme yesterday and I didn't get a chance to read it out and I have to say it made me smile when I read it. And it reads, and it's obviously one of these WhatsApp messages that's doing the rounds at the moment. Just be careful because people are going crazy from being in lockdown. Actually, I've just been talking about this with the microwave and the toaster while drinking coffee. And all of us agreed that things are getting bad. I didn't mention anything to the washing machine as she puts a different spin on everything. Certainly not to the fridge as he's acting cold and distant. In the end, the iron calmed me down as she says everything will be fine. No situation is too pressing. The Hoover was very unsympathetic, told me to just suck it up. But the fan was more optimistic and hoped it would all blow over. The toilet looked a bit flushed when I asked its opinion and didn't say anything. But the doorknob told me, get a grip. The front door said it was unhinged. And so the the curtains told me, yes, you guessed it, pull yourself together. (laughs) Thank you. And sorry, I don't know who, there was no name on who sent that in. But thank you. That that, uh, gave me a little bit of a laugh yesterday. And God knows we can all do with a little bit of a laugh. I think WhatsApp is great for that. There's been some very, very funny pieces doing the rounds on WhatsApp. Don't forget, you can email the programme, Patricia at C103.ie. And we do have a lot of emails coming in. Can I bring some of them to you, please? Um, Alyssa says please don't call out my name on air that's fine my mother is a home help she's off work at the moment as she's been advised by her GP to isolate she's 68 years of age and is in receipt of a state pension she applied for the COVID-19 illness benefit but because she's over 66 she will not get it also the COVID pandemic payment is the same the person has to be under 66 if the person is over 66 and still working and paying taxes surely they they should be entitled to some sort of benefit regardless or not of getting the state pension. Any help in relation to this would be gratefully uh, appreciated. It actually got raised, thank you for your email, it actually got raised in the doll yesterday because we've had a number of our listeners over the age of 66 who do work part time and are paying their taxes and I don't know if they pay universal social charge or PRSI but they certainly pay uh, taxes and we're very annoyed that when they can't work because of COVID-19 restrictions and when they went to apply thinking that they would be entitled to the payment uh, they're not getting it. The Taoiseach the state was raised in the doll yesterday but uh, the Taoiseach certainly has poured cold water on any demands that people aged over 66 who lose their job uh, should be entitled to the emergency €350 a week payment. Okay it got raised yesterday by the independent TD Dennis Nocton and actually he says it was one of the reasons that he pushed for the doll to sit because there was big hoo-ha whether the doll should sit or not yesterday uh, and he said he want, he particularly wanted it to sit because he wanted to raise this issue about the over 66 who lose their jobs due to the coronavirus and the fact that they can't claim illness benefit. He says it's totally unacceptable and anyone who is working and anyone who's lost their job regardless of their age he feels should be entitled to the benefit. But Leo Varadkar was asked about this by reporters again last night and he said that workers over the age of 66 are entitled to the state 
pension, which works out at around €250 a week. He added that the object of introducing the emergency €350 payment wasn't to ensure everyone had the same amount of money that they had before. He said the point of the payment was to make sure nobody was let short of money to pay bills. He said all of those people over the age of 66 should be in receipt of a state pension. If they're not, he said that's certainly a case that we can look at. The Department of Social Protection said people aged over 66 who had lost jobs are eligible to be included in the temporary work subsidy scheme and that's where employers are allowed to pay staff during the pandemic under that scheme employers of course are refunded up to 70% of an employee's wages to a level of 410 so I don't know for any of the over 66s who have lost their job or temporarily lost their job if they can go to an employer and see if they can be included in that scheme but certainly the number of over 66 who contacted us are from what I could gather people who are self employed people who have set up little businesses themselves on a part time basis so for them they certainly wouldn't fall into that uh, but there is there certainly doesn't seem to be any appetite to change that and to ensure that the over 66 who lose their jobs are going to be included the line is you, they have their pension already 1850 333 103 Hi Patricia this is emailing at c103.ie I'd be grateful if you could raise this topic on your programme please I'm writing this to raise issues about my mother and people who are in the same boat as her my mother is elderly and she needs home helps to be able to get by day by day. My mother's carer is great and she is a wonderful, wonderful woman who does an amazing job. She also has a number of other clients as well as my mother. She is unable to wear protective clothing, i.e. face mask, aprons and doesn't even have hand sanitizer. Why? Because they're not being supplied by the HSC. Now, I phoned the healthcare coordinator to raise my concerns. He apologised and said they have been ordered but he was unable to tell me when they will be in stock. I know if my mother got the virus, it would certainly kill her. I feel our carers who are doing an amazing job are in very close proximity to their clients, many of them with underlying health issues, washing them, clothing them and getting them ready for the day. They should be provided with the tools to minimise their clients catching the virus. I think there needs to be a greater urgency on these vital goods to be given to carers and home helps. Um, I'm contacting you from the North Cork area and that's not the first. I think there isn't a day goes by that we don't get a call or a text and a number of them raising that very issue. But I just think that was just put very well in that email. So we raise it again in the hopes that the powers that be are listening. I know a lot of equipment, a lot of this PPE equipment has come in from China, even though some that has come in in the latest batch is described as being not ideal. And the suppliers in China have been notified with a view to issues being resolved with subsequent uh, orders. But I think what's happening at the moment with the personal protection equipment, it's the frontline services that are getting the personal protection. You know, it's the ones that are working in the accident emergency department. It's the ones that's working in the um, ICU uh, departments. Obviously, the people that are working with the COVID-19 patients. And I think 
because there's been a shortfall and, and this is happening all over the world. The hospitals are being supplied first. My theory and feeling on it will be that the home helps and the carers will be way down the end of the list for handing out that personal protection equipment. And I know we have these 60 flights that are going over and back to China that Aer Lingus are operating. And every day there's a huge big plane coming in with more PPE equipment and hopefully sooner rather than later that PPE equipment will be available for those who are out in the community going from one house to the next house the home helps who are doing an amazing uh, work and I mentioned when I was on with Simon and I know we're going to put a put a photograph up on our social media of this uh, Eileen O'Sullivan in Derry Degree sent me in just these gorgeous really brightly coloured face masks that she makes that she's made herself she runs her own sewing service uh, very handy with a sewing machine now we were talking to her before we came on air uh, today and she's willing to make these masks available to anyone who needs them she could even make a large amount if there was a centre you know residential unit or whatever that uh, would need them now she does say that uh, she's running short on the elastic because she's making them out of you know bits of material cotton material that she's left over and they're double sided so they really they really are quite secure and I imagine you could pop them into the washing machine and wash them so therefore they would be reusable and for you know out and about when you're, when you're you know going out and about if you're feeling nervous masks like this would be absolutely uh, ideal but she's running short of the elastic because she's just put elastic onto the side of it so you pop it over your ears and obviously she can't get out of the shop so well there's none of those shops uh, open so we're going to be putting a call out to Eileen in Darren Agree if anybody has elastic that they will be willing to pass on to her and she says in her letter at the end of the day all you need is hope and strength hope that it will get better and the strength to hold on until it does that's good words of wisdom from Eileen thank you and thank you once again really appreciate those lovely colourful masks that you sent in John Paul and Sadie taking your call so eight six two. 1850 That's the number they're taking your calls at. The texting is at 0862 103 103. Egg file a mark, quit then and here is Farlin. And by the way, we had uh, a call in earlier asking, could we find out why the Mallow General Hospital has closed uh, the medical assessment unit along with the local injuries unit, actual hospital itself isn't closed, it's just the assessment unit and the injuries unit was closed. We got on to the hospital and this is all, we didn't get a reason for it now, they just say management at Mallow General Hospital wish to advise the public that the injury unit and the medical assessment unit at the hospital are currently closed It'll be reviewed on Monday, the 6th of April. Now, they're not saying it'll reopen on the 6th of April. They will review it. But as of now, the medical assessment unit and the local injury unit at Mallow General Hospital are closed. I'm assuming the hospital is working as normal, uh, but both of those facilities closed. And we'll check back in with them on Monday when a review takes place to see if it has reopened. A West Cork councillor is calling on the government to implement emergency new legislation, which would immediately declare 
old market rights null and void and to explain why Councillor Declan Hurley joins me. Good morning to you Declan. Good morning, Patricia. Um, now, Declan, because these old decrees were not declared invalid when the Irish state was founded, is it making it impossible for local authorities to control these markets? It, yes, that's true. It's making it uh, virtually impossible because they're going back to the, about the, the 14th century. And yes, they are old decrees that were put in place back by, I suppose, yes, for the want of a better word, uh, British monarchs. Um, and I suppose what this, I suppose what we and what what Cork County Council was trying to set about, and and this is going on since 2016, but again, it's getting bogged down everywhere we go and everywhere we turn. Um, but basically, it's basically to try and um, it's not to stop markets, but it's to try and regulate casual trading, whereby they can be, I suppose, support markets and sell guidelines to ensure that everyone has, I suppose, an equal and, and fair um, trading rights. And if you if you have these old decrees that are in place, uh, it makes it impossible. And the problem lies in is that if we try and we are trying to implement um, bylaws for the for the county to to regulate these um these, these trading acts, they, they can be challenged in court. And you know as well as everybody else, when these um, matters go to court, they take a very very long time to start out, and they cost a lot a lot of money. Uh, is there a test case going on by a group in Bantry at the moment, did I read? No, that, that was started, that, no, that very case was, was a test case um, and it was resolved, but it took 15 years to resolve. Oh. <laughs> and and now what, what what we don't want to happen with this new approach is that we don't want to end up inside the courts for the next 10, 15, yeah, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, and nobody, and nobody getting up. anywhere. But is is that why some casual traders are still operating even though the council has stopped all of the locally controlled markets because of COVID-19? That's exactly it. And again, when, when these uh, restrictions started to kick in, uh, the local authority, Cork County Council, was powerless uh, to prevent or stop anybody from uh, trading and setting up um, stalls and our food markets or, or whatever to um, and again by not having these regulations in place we can regulate or we can stop uh, these from happening and that's partly one of the reasons why we want to have this in place so we can police I suppose the want of a better word of having these uh, markets in place but again regulate they're done properly and safely uh, and again it builds in security for the future because we have I suppose an old a tradition here in West Cork and in particularly in my own hometown of Dunman, we have the the annual uh, Balabui um, horse fair. And yeah. in what and happens? Yeah, and fish. similarly in North Cork in Butterman's Carami Fair. That's it. And unfortunately, traders come in and take over the town for the bone of a week, and you have commercial uh, businesses, ratepayers, having to close their doors uh, because they just they have no control over what happens in in the town. Um, for that week. So, again, it, go, it goes back to try having these regulations in place. And, and we know that markets are the, the very fabric of, of Cork. They're a tradition. Uh, we have a lot of artisan food companies around the country that showcase their produce and where better to do it than at a food market or a farmer's market. Um, and, again, what we want to try and build in is that if we can regulate this, that we have the genuine uh, traders that come back week after week and support um, the industry and, again, to give the public a chance I suppose, to, to come out and, and sample the wares. But like, un, until we have uh, these bylaws in place, um, it's just a free-for-all and it's not going to work because, again, uh, it's just um, there is no control and the authority has no power to, to control it. And we need, you're, you're saying we need legislation. The government needs to move on this. Well, like, at the moment, I, the quickest way and the cheapest way of, I think, of, of getting around this uh, is for the government to impl- is to just to, to declare... Uh, these old decrees null and void. 
just wipe them off and, and start from scratch. And therefore, then allow each local authority to come up with their own set of, of bylaws that suit each county. And again, if we can get to that point, these will go to public consultation. The public will have an opportunity to feed into it as to what they want. Because again, we don't always get these right the first time around. They have to be tweaked in order to suit everybody. But um, at the moment, um, it, it's at a stalemate whereby the council can't go forward uh, to propose um, bylaws because they're ultimately going to be challenged by somebody in court. And as I say, it's going to take so long and so much money. The quickest and, and easiest way is for the government to step in now, I think, uh, and um, implement new laws which can uh, allow local authorities to implement proper, practical bylaws. And the majority of markets are gone, aren't they, because of COVID-19 restrictions? Well, they, at this stage, they should be, and I hope they are. But um, I think certainly they, they will be back when the restrictions are lifted. But I think it's, it's something that people look forward to every week. There's, there's a different day for the site in each town, particularly in West Cork, for the markets. So they don't, you have one market competing against the next. Um, but again, a lot of it just goes down to local knowledge and it's, it's a tradition. But we are at a point where we, as a local authority, feel that we have to do this. Uh, we need to do this. But um, the, the government, at the moment, we're just going around in circles and we need the government to step in now and, and give us a platform whereby we can actually sit down and implement proper bylaws and, and give people the right uh, to come in and, and set up a stall. And again, just to give everybody fair play, if somebody comes in and wants uh, a bay or two bays, they book it, they pay their, their fee. And again, this is not about making money. It's about regulating it and getting legitimate traders genuine well, genuine products and produce who want to sell to the public. Okay. All right. Well, we'll um, I mean, I'm assuming you'll have to wait for a new government to be formed, but this is uh, something that certainly, I think, uh, has, has merit. Uh, and it's obviously not just Cork. Is this a nationwide issue? It should be a nationwide well, yeah. issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nationwide. Okay. It's not just Cork. Right. Um, and, and Declan, while I have you on the line, are you disappointed with the number of gorse fires that the county fire services had to respond to in, in West Cork? Yeah, very disappointed. Look, the the, um, the the deadline has passed, and um, first first of March, wasn't it? First of March, yeah. and obviously, look, the the spring was very very wet, and um, it didn't allow landowners to, I suppose, um, carry out the garden spawning that they would do on an annual basis, and therefore, it's only in the last week the weather has got dry enough, and the ground has got dry enough to actually carry out these. Um, this form of, of controlling the, the vegetation, but it, at this stage, it is illegal. Um, it is putting, I think, resources, it's wasting resources that could be put somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and I think at the moment, the, the, the rules and the regulations are there for a reason, and I think at this stage, we need to abide by them. Um, to come the 1st of October, we can commence that uh, act again, and I think, again, it's just at the moment, it's the wrong time, and I think people should cease from carrying out this, these, these acts uh, because it's, it's not practical and it's not safe. OK, and how are you dealing with all of the restrictions that are in place? Uh, it's, it's not easy. Um, look, I'm, I'm milking my cows twice a day. The milk lorries come and collect it every second day. Um, thankfully, the, the cows now are back out on, on grass. Um, but look, as I say, we just have to be mindful that when the military does come in, that we keep our social distancing and we practice the, the guidelines, the, restric- the, the restrictions, the same when the feed is coming in, um, that we sanitise and have everything clear and that there's no uh, contamination. But it's not easy. Um, and again, the Department of Agriculture has a helpline open for uh, the farming industry, the farming sector, to help if there is any concerns. But um, look, it, it, it's, it, it is what it is. Um, we just have to take it day yeah. by day. Uh, yeah, it's challenging times and unprecedented times for everybody. Listen, stay safe, uh, Declan, and thank you for that and thanks for joining us.
Thanks, Trish. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is Councillor uh, Declan uh, Hurley. And Kate by WhatsApp says, Patricia, I would like if you could please let me know. If an employer can ask you to take a week's holiday at this time, I'm still working. I work in a takeaway restaurant and obviously takeaway restaurants that offer takeaways uh, are still operating can they ask you to take a week's holidays? I, I don't know what the labour laws around it are and I don't know if you're in a union, uh, etc. I have heard a number of employees, employers are, are doing it and they're doing it to try to keep afloat and they're doing it, I think they're asking uh, employees to take holidays. It's to protect your job going forward in, into the future if they need you to take holidays. And a number of, I've heard of, you, you're not on your own is what I'm trying to say. I've heard of a number of companies and that's what they're asking people to do. Look, take holidays. Let's get holidays out of the way. And just so that when, the, I think the last thing any company wants is that when all of this is over and done with, everybody needs, will have holidays that they need to take. I mean, we would nearly cripple the country again just on people taking holidays. So it's not an unusual thing thing that your employer is asking you uh, to do and if you're not happy about it uh, Kate the person you need to speak to uh, is your employer 1850-333-103 Kate and John Paul taking your calls Simon's Celebrity Sees guess the celebs to grab the cash on C103 2,000 euro Tommy come on Megan Expecting this today, I have to say, I thought it was going to go on well, for a long time. Good cap for the week now. Oh, wow. You're two grand richer. Well done. Thanks very much. Simon's Celebrity Seas. Play weekday mornings on Cork's More Music Breakfast. On C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 Now, Clonakilty Chamber of Commerce has announced an initiative to support local businesses in the face of the COVID-19 emergency, pledging a €40,000 fund to supplement the purchase of Clonakilty vouchers. Orla O'Donovan is chairperson of Clonakilty Chamber of Commerce and Orla joins me. Good morning to you, Orla. Good morning, Patricia. I'm very well and this is a very clever little initiative. Can you explain to listeners how the scheme will operate? Certainly, delighted to. So basically, um, our chamber is in our 10th year this year and we had a rainy day fund and I suppose we're in our rainiest days right now. So what we decided to do was all of our members, um, once you become a member of the Chamber of Commerce, you are eligible to uh, take clinical vouchers. So all of our shops, our um, clothes shops and supermarkets and coffee shops and everything accept these vouchers. So what we're going to do is if you buy a 50 euro Clonakilty voucher, we will top it up with 10 euros. So your 50 euros become 60 euros. And if you buy a 100 euro voucher, it will become 120 euros. So it's a 20, 20% extra saving, which we feel will just um, give people an extra incentive to shop in Clonakilty because it's just it's a wonderful saving. So uh, we really do need to hit the ground running when all of this is over because our shops were just sitting at home. So, yeah, so the idea is you buy the vouchers now or in the coming weeks and then as soon as everything's back up and running, you can go in and spend your vouchers. Exactly, yeah. So your 50 euros becomes 60, your 100 becomes 120. So it's a wonderful value. And like, I suppose our town is in our hands again when things are open because we do need people to support. If we want to continue having these wonderful shops that we have in Tonakilty, we have to support them. We always have, but now more than ever, it's absolutely vital that we get into our local shops as soon as we get the 
the green light to reopen. And this is just an incentive for people to do that even more so. Is there a maximum that can be purchased? Yeah, 500 euros. Okay, all right. And where, where do people buy them from? So people just need to keep an eye out on social media and local uh, media because, to be honest with you, when are we going to be open is the question. Yeah. So we just, we, we just, we're ready to go with our scheme. Uh, we just, we, we can't say when just yet because we just don't know. Does anybody okay. know? All right. We're so, so, back to so, we, so you're not selling the vouchers yet then? Not we, you no. can you can buy yeah not the not the new scheme just yet okay uh, but if you wait for the business to open I, exactly I, are you worried Orla uh, for businesses I mean once this crisis yeah. uh, I mean are some in danger of not reopening oh gosh I, I hope not but like we have to be mindful that like there is shops that are sitting there with hundreds of thousands of euros worth of stock that they should be selling right now that yeah. aren't being sold. Yeah. So, I mean, it is. that's why in the Chamber we're trying to do everything we can to support them. And I do think people will come out and support us as soon as they can. But, it, I mean, there's no denying that it's an absolute, as well as COVID-19, that this is a terribly worrying time for, for self-employed people. So, Have um, any, are, are many of your members gone online to sell their yes. wares? Yeah, yeah they okay. are. But, like, I can't sell a cup of coffee online. Too, I know, too. I know. So, but, but, no, to be fair, like, I know a lot of the shops downtown in County are gone online, which is wonderful. Um, and we're supporting that as best we can as well. But there's nothing like going into a shop. No. And Tonic Guilty is such wonderful shops. Both of them are owner-run and like it's a lovely shopping experience isn't it um, I mean, and it really right for a town like Clonakilty it, it, when, when all this is over and it will be over it's locals in the early stages are really going to have to support right. the businesses because yeah. the tourism side is going God. to take a while to bounce back it is it is now look trying to be positive I do think that uh, local tourism is going to be up like we've been going from Bandon to Clonakilty on our holidays yeah. But, yeah yeah and I mean that if that's where it's at for right now we just have to make that work we have to make that work um, and I we have to stay positive that like Clonakilty is a wonderful town there's, there's so many positive beautiful hotels restaurants shops that please God that we will get the local tourism business it's just going to be a different world out there now so we're going to have to adapt adjust accordingly um, best foot forward, everything like that. And I think this country as a whole, staycationing is going very much going to be the order for, for this year. And I think it's great because I think people are going to get to see parts of the country they've never exactly. seen before. They'll visit areas they've never I seen saw, before. I saw parts of my house that I never saw before. Not just a big house, but you know what I mean? Cleaning and doing things. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a different world out there and Tanakilty is going to be up for that because we do have a wonderful town here. So, I mean... Well done. Yeah. Well done. And the message is Clonakilty will prevail. Clonakilty will prevail. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. People can keep a lookout on your social media because did I read you're going to try and showcase some of the businesses and the shops? Yeah. So in the meantime, what we're going to do is on our social media, we're going to pick a shop every second day and just show them what they're selling so that when we are reopening, open for business, that people will have an idea where they're going to spend all this 20% extra. Um, that's what we're going to be offering them. Well done, well done. Hang Brilliant. in there, Clonakilty will yeah. prevail. Absolutely. And this day, and this this too will pass. Thanks a million, yeah. Orla. Take Thanks, care. That's uh, bye bye. Orlo Donovan there joining us, chairperson of Clonakilty uh, Chamber of uh, Commerce, with that scheme that they're putting in uh, to just to give you extra value, give you a better bang for your buck when you're back out shopping in Clonakilty. You're listening to Cork today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
The leaders actually of Ireland's main churches, all of them have come together and in, are, they're inviting people to take part in prayers throughout the land next Sunday. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday and they're asking people to take time out to prayer to pray between three and four in the afternoon. They've also went on to pay tribute to everybody in the health and social care services and those on the front line uh, for their courage in this battle against the coronavirus pandemic. And the invitation, they're extending it to all, even if you've never prayed before. They're saying spend some time next Sunday afternoon between three and four. Just you can do it in silent reflection. If you want to consider that and if you are a religious type, then all of the all of the main churches in Ireland and uh, all getting together to saying let's get together as a nation. It can't help. That's for sure. That's next Sunday between three and uh, four. And if you go to the C103 Facebook uh, page, we put this up yesterday. We're asking for we know we're not allowed outside of our houses. You can't travel any more than two kilometres. So we're asking people when they're out and about, if you're going for your walk, your run, whatever you do, your cycle, that you might lots of us have our phones with us and they all have cameras on them take a picture of something you've discovered along your the way if you're if you are one of the ones that can get out on your two kilometer exercise every day we're looking for the hidden gems within two kilometers from your home and we just put it up yesterday it's kind of a bit to lighten the mood on the C103 Facebook page and I have to say we got in some stunning stunning photographs including photographs of people's back gardens and that's okay too for the people who are cocooning and they can't get out that's what's what that's their hidden gem at the moment is their their are their own gardens and thanks to Tim O'Brien he sent a photograph of his back garden because he's cocooning. Uh, Denise sent us a guard Cunningham sent a gorgeous picture of Bally de Hob Pier. Sheila Murphy shared her photograph overlooking Long Island, Cape Clear and Gun Point in Skull, beautiful neck of the woods, and uh, Niall Fitzgerald sent us in a photograph. He is within his two kilometre zone is Carsavine Town Park. So if you're out over the weekend, maybe you consider taking a photograph and just share it with us on the C103 Facebook page. And by the way, for people who are out walking their dogs and they have to do it within uh, two kilometres, Derry was on. He has noticed in the last few weeks people are forgetting their dog poo bags when they're going out for a walk because they're going out so close to home they probably maybe that's the reason that they're not remembering them because he has noticed there's a lot more dog dirt all over the place so people please remember bring out your dog poo bags with you when you're going out for your daily constitutional with your dog talking of photographs there's a couple of photographs in the papers today that are really striking and we're encouraging people if you're going out doing some shopping today please remember to buy a paper try and buy a local paper papers are really really under pressure at the moment but there's a stunning photograph back page of the examiner have it in colour it is a photograph that was taken by Sean Corcoran the Art Hand and Donal O'Flynn Media I was like to credit the people taking the photograph it's the environmental artist Sean Co- oh it's his own photograph Sean Cochran the environmental artist he pays tribute to our healthcare workers by tracing their very own you know the superhero icon that's doing the rounds and it's the first aid logo with a thank you over the top and he traced it out in the sand at Kilmurran Cove in Waterford and it is just gorgeous it really really is beautiful and he got a fantastic photograph of it well worth buying a paper just to see that uh, photograph and then photographs that we never ever expect to see in our papers coming from Ireland coming from locally taken shots one of them that made me kind of stop dead in my tracks is a photograph it's in the examiner and it's in the echo 
It's personnel from the Army and the Naval Service putting up field tents outside the Mercy University Hospital. This is in this anticipation of this surge of cases of COVID-19. And it just made me stop dead in my tracks and say, my God, a field hospital in the middle of Cork City. Did we ever, did we ever think that there would come a day where we would need the Army and the Navy to come on board and set up a field hospital. It's, you know, it's like something that you would expect to see in a war-torn country. And here it is in the middle of our beautiful city. And a photograph that's coming from up the country from County Antrim that's really sad. It's rows of graves that have been dug. They're being uh, prepared with the help of a mechanical digger. It's in Six Mile Cemetery in County Antrim. And they, the council there decided to do it because they're fearful that if they need, if there, if we get cases like the, you see happening in Spain and in Italy and God knows just across the water in the United Kingdom and if they need to have, you know, suddenly there's a, a number of people have to be buried all at the same time and if there's a danger that some of the grave diggers go out sick or need to self-isolate that they might be in a position to dig the graves. So they've gone ahead and dug and there's just rows and rows of graves. Again, something we never thought that we would see in this country. And then on a happier news story and wonderful photographs of retired farmer Paddy Joe Lynch and he is, he's speaking in the Irish Independent today talking about how he bet the coronavirus as he issued a message of hope to people who are fearful of this deadly disease. Paddy Joe is an 82-year-old farmer, father of seven. He went into hospital almost two weeks ago, tested positive for COVID-19. He was convinced, he was convinced that he wouldn't be coming back out of the hospital. And he says in the interview, I can't tell you how afraid I was when I was told I'd tested positive. I just couldn't believe it. I didn't think I would make it. That's it. He thought this is the end of the line for me. He's from Boylan County, Roscommon, and he had taken his tractor to the bog to collect turf about two weeks ago when he suddenly started to get pains in his chest. He was taken to Sligo University Hospital and then he was, it was confirmed that he had COVID-19 and he just said the gravity of the situation completely descended upon him and he started, bless his heart, to think I'm, I'm going to die and I'm going to die in here alone. But he's battled the illness. His family has rallied around him. His daughter said that they knew how scared their dad was and all they could do was try to keep his spirits up and he said every, she said everyone in the family played a role. Paddy Joe hung in there and on Wednesday he made a triumphant exit from the hospital for an emotional reunion with his family. He said, I just want people to know that there is always hope. He said, I know a lot of people my age are awfully afraid about this. And he said, when I first heard I had this virus, I never thought I would live to tell the story of how I bet it. But I did beat it. And there is no better feeling in the world right now. And this fantastic photograph of him, of, of him being wheeled out of the hospital. It's, it's terrific. And it does give everyone a great sense of hope and well done to Paddy Joe and to his family for sharing the story because I think that will give a sense of hope to so many people. Okay, some of your questions and queries coming in see if we can help you with any of these. Okay, this is coming in from 
somebody who's got a friend in Ken Mayer, so across the border in County Kerry. She's a 66-year-old, so not exactly in the cocooning group, but she has to use oxygen when she goes out as she has COPD, among other illnesses. Now, she might be in the over-70s cocooning group, but she's certainly in the cocooning group for vulnerable patients. She certainly shouldn't be outside the door. Anyway, she's very aware, says this texter, that she shouldn't go out, but she says she has no choice. As her money is paid into her bank account every week, so therefore she needs to go to the cash machine to withdraw money so she can go do her shopping as there's over a week waiting time online for her local supermarket. She's no neighbours, no family that can go and do the shopping for her and anyway she says she obviously wouldn't give her her card details to anyone especially with all kinds of scammers now taking advantage of the crisis. So I'm wondering what in the world is she supposed to do? i tell you exactly what, what you get in contact with her and tell her stay indoors and tell her to ring this number. It's the Kerry County Council helpline that has been set up. You know, we spoke about the one that's here in Cork County. There's one in the city. Every single local authority are coordinating help for vulnerable people, for people, for the over 70s that are cocooning, for somebody exactly like your friend in Kenmare. So if she rings 1-800, free phone number, 1-800-807-009. 1-800-807-009 tell her to explain the situation she finds herself in tell her to explain about her, her illness and she straight away will be told she's in the vulnerable group and they would take it from there they will put the supports in place that your friend needs they'll make sure she has her shopping they'll make sure that she has whatever money that she needs if she needs prescriptions picked up whatever she needs but she needs to stay indoors. She needs to cocoon. She's exactly one of, the, one of the reasons why cocooning was put in place and why the rest of us are all trying to abide by the two kilometre rule and keeping the two metre distance from everyone so that we can protect people like your friend. So please get back onto her and tell her to, she's it, it's utter madness that she is heading outside of the door. So please tell her, get back inside. Hi Patricia, can you please read this out and please forward it to whatever relevant to department that you think might be able to help. We have some great people who are working in this country, keeping the clogs of the wheel going around. Yes, we hear lots of people thanking them for all the work that they are doing. These are the frontline staff, the people that are going out into banks and credit unions, the people that are working in supermarkets and in shops, you know, the people who are able to go to work. But why, says this texture, are these people not being rewarded in some way? I suggest that they should receive some kind of extra money in their pay packets from the government. This could be done, for example, by maybe giving them an exemption on their PRSI, reducing their tax, etc. This should be done for all employees who leave the safety of their homes to actually go to work. After all, those the, the other people who can't go to work are getting €350 Euro per week to stay in the safety of their own homes. And some of these people uh, were not are only working part time some of them students who are only working one day a week and yet they are getting the same 350 euro how fair is it on, on those people that go to work is there some kind of an incentive that could be put in place for the government I know a lot of the largest supermarkets certainly are looking after their staff and they're giving them bonuses I, I don't know about smaller businesses they probably wouldn't be able to afford to give smaller bonuses I haven't heard of the government doing anything uh, I mean at the moment the government are looking after those people who have lost their jobs people who have stayed in jobs are seen in some cases to be lucky that they still have their jobs but I absolutely accept that the people who are going to work are putting their own health 
at risk and we had it yesterday remember when we heard from the shop assistant who was saying to people please come into the shop do your shopping when you go to a supermarket come in with a purpose know what you need don't be hanging around and she was making the point that all of the shop workers are very very nervous every single day that they go to work and then I had an email that I didn't get around to last week but it's on the same theme as well and it's worth reading and this is from somebody who works in a bank and says Patricia please don't disclose my name or my details but I would really like you to read this out and discuss this on your programme the general public seem to forget that bank staff are providing a vital front line service. We're putting our lives and that of our families at risk every day that we go to work. Some people have no understanding of what is going on. I had, for example, a man blow his nose into my face with a cloth tissue that I have to say was actually filthy. The same person coughed and sneezed into a colleague's face just last week. He didn't bat an eyelid. What I really want to point out is that people must start bringing their cards with them to the bank. Otherwise, we are having unnecessary contact with them or else bring some kind of documentation with your account details on it. There is an air of idleness with some of the requests coming in. For example, people are just off and they're bored and they're coming out for very stupid, trivial things. We've had customers coming in two and even three times a day. It just beggars belief. Most of these transactions, by the way, can be done online or can be done at the ATM machines. I just wanted to put it out there that we are putting our lives at risk and a lot of us have underlying health conditions. But like our colleagues in other frontline services, we are putting our shoulder to the wheel and trying to keep a smile on our faces. It's not easy. People need to cop on and start bringing their details with them so that they can self-serve and stop putting lives at risk. And that's from somebody who works in, in a bank so people just need to stop and think when they are heading out. And remember, all of the restrictions came in last Friday and when, for all of us to stay at home. And when we, when we do go out, there's meant to be a reason and a purpose. You're not going out in a jolly to the shops. You're going out to buy necessities. If you need to go to the bank, it, it has to be for a very genuine reason. So everyone, I think, needs to stop and think Whatever shopping you have to do this weekend, is it absolutely necessary? And if it is absolutely necessary, make sure that when you go out, you know exactly what you need and that you get in and get out of whatever premises it is and then you go home and you stay home. I mean, that's the message to everyone. We need to stay at home. And then somebody else who contacts us on Facebook who wants to remain anonymous says, I'm very bothered about the fact that people are getting €350 a week to stay at home. While I think it's great for those people and it's well needed for a lot of people. I'm a healthcare assistant and I work in a private nursing home. I earn €10.50 per hour. I'm lucky to come home at the end of the week with €350 when everything is paid. But then I've got bills to pay out of that €350. For example, I have childcare. And at the moment I am doing extra shifts, extra day shifts and night shifts. It's manic. It's because any staff members with any touch of anything are out and they're not being replaced. So we are the ones doing the extra work. I feel it's just not acceptable the pay we're getting in these times for the work and the danger we're putting ourselves under. Can I please appeal for a rise in the wage of carers at these at these times. So there's a lot of people really struggling at the moment and I think they're looking at the people who are at home with the €350 Euro and thinking isn't it great for them 
And yet then you'll speak to people who are on the 350 euro who are absolutely devastated because their job is gone and they're fearful that their job mightn't come back. So there's really two sides to this particular coin. 1850-333-103. Your thoughts and comments welcomed. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. Here's an unusual job. Security staff are wanted for crowd management and social distancing across all of the Aldi stores in Bandon Cove, McCroom and other areas of Cork. Positions are open to both males and females. Two positions available to join an existing agri-sales team that's in the North Cork area. While staff are wanted for summer seasonal job, cooking, cleaning, prepping and serving that's in the Roscarbury area. And carpenters are wanted in the Cork area duties to include roofing and first fixing. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Now supermarkets are one of the few things that are still going strong during the current crisis but the way we shop has changed with shoppers asked to abide by government guidelines to chat with how supermarkets are coping during this current pandemic. I'm joined by Eugene Scally of Scally at Supervalue in Clonakilty. Good morning to you, Eugene. Good morning, Patricia. How um, are you? I'm, well, I'm very well. Is there a sense that this panic buying, has that stopped? Uh, well, it's, it's, you know, I suppose at this point, like, there have been a lot of changes in the last three weeks or a month. And uh, with regards to the panic buying, that problem has been solved, I say, the weekend that the schools closed, uh, it created mayhem all over the country, nationally, not just locally. And since that, things have eased off a good bit. And obviously, uh, we're fairly well organised here in the store as well. And of course, for me, uh, priority here in the store is our team of people. And they're very important. They're doing a fantastic job out here. And we have, we're, we're going to end this efforts to protect those people in the store. Um, and, and things are working out very well. The customer is very pleased and very patient and very understanding of it as well. So well done. Yeah, well, well done. And, and the Taoiseach telling us last Friday night, yeah, we have enough food in this country. We won't run out. Well, I suppose when it comes to food, I suppose I, suppose I locally in West Cork have been very lucky because we've been a very strong supporter of our local producers and we have a lot of fine local food producers in West Cork. And I suppose in a way we're lucky we have a lot of fine people working in those businesses as well. Uh, you talk about Shannon Vale, uh, local egg suppliers, Balnas Garty, talk about Irish yogurts, Colette Toomey Black Pudding, you know, Staunton's Pork and Bacon. So we're very, very lucky here locally. We have a lot of small producers then producing veg, Martin McCarthy, Martin O'Leary, Ian Callan. So we're very, very Jonathan Dyke, I suppose, Bushby Strawberries. We're very lucky that we have been supporting those people and, and that those people have been able to grow their business along beside us. So Great. that's something that we're very proud of. There's plenty of food available in the country and to me that's key, that's priority. We're very lucky then that we have the backup from Musgrave, uh, our partner in business. And, and again, they're... They're, a, they're doing a fantastic job inside in SuperValue and they're able, we get deliveries here seven days a week off them and we're very pleased to be able to get the food into the store and we have plenty of food for customers so there's no need for panic anymore. Yeah, because I know there was a sense after the announcement last Friday, Saturday, there, there, was that, there seemed to be that manicness again Saturday morning but it seems to have eased off which, which is terrific. The, Eugene, the run on toilet rolls, did that surprise you and, and well, everyone? Well, it did in actually, the... it did actually and that whole piece actually came from Australia. And and it did surprise me, and there was panic on Tyler Roll for a week or ten days, and and 
Oh, I didn't take a whole lot of notice of it, really. You know, I wasn't too, I wasn't overly concerned about it either. Like it was Tyler Hall, Tyler Hall, full stop. It was an issue, but um, is, is is this no longer an issue out there? And there's plenty of Tyler. Yeah, Hall you don't need to be stopped. And actually, it's funny that you say it started in Australia. It's still an issue in Australia. You can't get. I, I, my sister-in-law lives in Australia, and you can't get toilet rolls. All the supermarkets they're waiting, and as soon as it comes in, it's gone. So it's, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just nuts. Um, I tell you a couple of things now that I would have noticed in the store would be um, spaghetti and pasta. Yeah, and most of that comes from Italy. Another problem we have outside is 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 flour, maybe the availability of flour. But like we're bagging flour inside in the store ourselves. I suppose we're lucky, really, that we bake bread in store and we have plenty of flour in our bakery, so we can bag off flour. But pasta now will be a big thing, and and flour, I suppose. But like they're not majorly, majorly necessities. I know we have the potato and we have we have rice and we have different things, but they're two things now that we should. hand sanitizer now is a thing that people are are actually. Uh, looking for and yeah. it's interesting really because we have two local people doing it we have kind of Kilty Distillery We spoke <clears> with them last week yeah they've started producing it locally But you know Patricia what kills me about this hand sanitizer now and I, I feel a bit grieved about this there's 23% fat on something that's a necessity in every house I mean that's something On hand sanitizer? Absolutely yeah there's 23% fat on it and I mean that's something that has to be someone has to speak up about that and do something another thing I have a massive gripe about I had an, an elderly couple in here this morning and uh, late sixties now, not early seventies, okay. and and they were looking for. He was looking for a half a dozen cans of Guinness and an agon of whiskey. Obviously, they'd have a drop at home at night or a can of Guinness. Yeah. I can't sell that to them until half ten. That's ridiculous stuff. And oh, I, that law is still in place. Yeah, but I mean, we can, you know, we can talk what we like. When Cromwell was here, we had mass. Now we all of a sudden we have no mass. We have no pub. But I can't sell six cans of Guinness to a customer in the morning here before half ten, and I think that's ridiculous. I have a gripe about that. And I felt sorry this morning to have to say no, but the system doesn't allow me to do it. And another thing now that I'm on about that bugs me as well, we are selling still water outside in our store as a necessity, as a healthy drink, and there's 23% fat on a bottle of still water. And when I see people with water shortages around the country on television, and people are suffering enough, and they have to go into the shop then to buy water in a supermarket to wash clothes or whatever, and they're paying 23% fat on a bottle of still water and those I've, I've, I've spoken to checkout about this on a couple of occasions I've been on Torgy that about, but it seems to fall on deaf ears and nobody has any care or concern about addressing it I thought 23% was luxury items well if you take 23% on a bottle of hand sanitizer hand sanitizer that's 12 quid like that's another 4 quid nearly on to that uh, nuts. and I'm, I'm Michael Scully is telling me the man that's producing that alcohol and uh, Yorick Evans freak that they're putting that in here to me at cost price and I mean I'm not making any money out of it either but my concern is that people say well oh sure your man below on super value was ripping us off for the hand sanitizer and, and we're not like we were, we're like it's known fact out there now that it's coming in at cost price and we're selling it away at that price and th- those are little things that just bug me yeah yeah I, I, I do think you've hit on one with the, the off because it's deemed an off licence isn't it and that's why yeah. they, and I mean particularly with the pubs gone even if they temporarily lift to this well I think it's ridiculous I think that that you know for somebody that wants to come in we would have uh, shopping for the elderly here on every morning at 9 o'clock to yeah. 10. We, we've changed our trading hours in the store we open
open now at nine and we close at seven. And the reason why we changed that was because we wanted to give more protection to our customer, which is very important. But we also wanted to give more protection to the people working here, to my team of people in store. And it's what happens here now is the fresh food comes in the morning at half four, quarter to five, and those people come in at five o'clock in the morning, they're gone off the shop floor at nine o'clock, job done, okay? Mm. And the ambient then comes in during the day, and people, we close the shop at seven o'clock, so at seven o'clock in the evening, the people come in and pack the ambient end of it, or the ambient end is a fancy word, it's the grocery lines or peas and beans, and they come in at seven o'clock to ten or half ten. To the, so there's flexibility there amongst my team of people here to work within those hours. Now, occasionally we might get a combi out on the floor, there might be something on it that may be out of stock, but by and large, we minimise the risk for our people, and we give the freedom of the shop to our customer. We have plenty of space in the shop for the customer. Some people look at me, and they're going up and down, and I all our aisles are over two metres wide. The so you're doing the social distancing. The required yeah. aisle is two metres. Now, uh, we have plenty of space. We have plenty of open space in the shop. And that's what we've done here three weeks ago before anybody else done anything about it. We, we, we put a stop to couples coming into the shop shopping. Like that, if my wife comes into the shop in the morning to go shopping, well, I won't be coming in with her. How has how that been received by people? Uh, a mixed reaction at the start. Uh, a couple of people challenged it, but we have... We see we have we have we have somebody on the door all the time that's that's uh, sanitising trolleys and baskets. That's like hygiene has been a big part of our business since 1984. And anybody that would know Scallies and Clannacilty know all the awards that we won for hygiene over the years, and we're still winning them. So it would have been a big part. But we have three people on hygiene here all the time anyway. So we have a person employed full time, and that's their job is hygiene, hygiene. And we have we would have a cleaner all the time employed. But now at the moment we have two more. And, and uh, they're doing a super job. The door is manned. Uh, the trolleys are, the handles and the trolleys and the handles and the baskets are cleaned or wiped and all that's been done. And it's for everyone's safety. This is all for everyone's safety. To me, the other thing, Eugene, that we're, we're hearing about, deliveries, that with so many people looking for deliveries, we need people who can get to the shops themselves, need to go to the shops themselves, leave the deliveries for people who need them. Yeah, well, it's what we have. We it's what we operate in the store with quite some time is a click and collect system, right? Where the where the the customer will click in their order, and we will fill that order, and they will collect it at the door. Now, uh, we we would be filling a hundred orders a day here, right? So that that's about seven hundred customers in the week that we are doing the shopping for, and we have six people on it full time. Before in the past, we would click and cl- we would start at ten o'clock in the morning, and we'd be finished at three. We've opened up the slots now. We're going at seven o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock in the evening, and we're able to do a hundred orders a day now. Uh, funny enough, funny enough now, and, and, and I was a little bit disappointed over but there was nothing I could do. There was somebody had a click and collect last week and they were looking for two bottles of whiskey and a bag of tater crisps and that takes up the slot on somebody who really needs a shot. Uh. But I don't have any control over that. It's on the computer. It comes in okay. and we deal with it. But like, I mean, if people could leave the slots for a decent for, shop because I mean... Uh, and for the vulnerable people who can't get out for, themselves. Yeah. Now, do you know what I mean? We were talking to the GA when Jeremy Carty, our chairman of our GA club, and and Musgrave, our other partners, we're trying to come around a system where we can we can see after everybody. We we're working closely with Vincent de Paul. We've given um, vouchers to Vincent de Paul for people who really need them, who who they might know who really need them. Yeah. We've given shopping vouchers to those, and we're working closely with Jeremy Carty and the local GA club. They're mad anxious to get involved, but it's to figure a way out around it because you're dealing with older people, you're dealing with money, you're dealing with cash. They don't have cards to pay, and that's a challenge. Yeah. Have do you have you ever remembered a time? Like this, Eugene? Um, no, 
No, no I don't think we've ever we've ever come across anything like this. I mean, Clonakilty, uh, positive, focused. Uh, we had a recession 10 years ago. Um, we've had Cork County Council being very disruptive around our town, uh, up and down the main streets, the bypasses, uh, dragging their heels over getting work done. I always felt it could have been done in a shorter time, but it went on. We hit roadworks in town for three or four years. So we we as a town, and as we're after taking an awful battering, but I suppose the worst part about this battering that we're getting at the moment is we can't meet and talk and discuss and put our ideas together to get around this. We're all, you know, you go to work, you go home, you stay in, we have no mass, we have no social gathering, we have no pub. No know? GAA, no nothing GAA. going on, yeah. Like when Cromwell, when Cromwell was here, we had mass long ago, now the mass is no, gone, the no. pub is gone, the GAA is gone. And I feel I feel very sorry for people who are genuinely out of work at the moment because of the virus. It's hard to be at home in the house all day, every day, and have nothing to do and not be able... And, like, anything that's on the television, we haven't seen before over and over <laughs> and over again, so there's nothing on it either, like. <laughs> OK. So it's Listen. interesting to talk to you, and I know, there's, I know that you would have a lot of listenership in West Cork and to the folk of West Cork. We're here for them, and in any shape or form, in any way, we can help or support, and there's methods there, and through the GAA or Vincent de Paul, there's plenty of people that can shout out. Yeah, reach out. Reach, have, reach out. And, have, and, and this, this too will pass. We, we will get get over this it will get over Tricia but it's going to leave an awful mark and I mean yeah. there's going to be the, the recovery from this like is going to be serious as well I mean I mean there's people probably won't go back to work the jobs will be gone pubs will all the pubs in the country open up again you know so um, and the other the other, the other, other people that are doing a Trojan job and, and they're in and out here all the time too in fairness to them are the Gardaí they're absolutely fantastic yeah, yeah. you know um, I think that this the whole thing will do a massive PR job for everybody around in communities, our guards, to be more respectful in our GA clubs, our young people in our GA clubs, to be more respectful for our young people. And I think that's important. That's some of the good that will come out of it. Yeah, we'll hopefully come out of it better people. And it will take us a while for it to settle down. But I suppose there are challenging times. Um, we can't meet to discuss them. Uh, we're coming through. The customer is 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 relaxed outside in the shop shopping. Uh, they're very appreciative of of what we're doing here in the store. The amount of good comments that I've picked up and get around the place is absolutely. I know, like there could be ninety nine good ones. There'll always be something that might go amiss. Our super value partners have been fantastic. Uh, my gripes are the off license at ten thirty. Uh, the hand sanitizer is something that you know this should be highlighted urgently because people are paying four pound extra on a bottle of hand sanitizer. They don't, they, they don't need to be. Maybe it's something uh, that you could bring. May, right absolutely. And, 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 absolutely. Well, you've done a good, job, a good say, job in getting the ball rolling today for sure. Do you know sure. what I'd like to say now and I'm not, poli- I'm not politically connected or not politically interested or minded but I have to say hands up to our Taoiseach and to our two Simons. I think Simon Coveney and, and Simon Harris have done a fantastic job and people are listening and please God uh, sooner rather than later that things might start taking a turn for the better on that positive note we'll wrap it up we'll talk again Eugene thank you for that mind yourself Uh, you too stay safe bye 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 bye. Eugene Scally uh, there of uh, Scally's Super Value in Clonakilty just getting an overview on how the supermarkets are coping 1850 333103 Eugene mentioned Leo here he is I want to thank the people of Ireland for listening to the advice when it comes to physical distancing, regular hand washing, taking care when sneezing and coughing, and reducing the number of social events and gatherings that you attend. However, we believe we need to do more. So I'm asking you to stay at home, if at all possible. This is the best way to slow the virus, ensure our hospitals are not overwhelmed, and buy us time. 
We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. Connect with C103 on Twitter now. Search for our Twitter handle at C103Cork. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. And as we come to the our final programme of the week, we can never end the week without checking in and finding out our now weekly piece of positivity with Bear Ireland resident Eileen, who self-isolated well before cocooning was even mentioned last Friday night. And Eileen joins me. Good morning to you, Eileen. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, Did you think the Taoiseach was right to ask all people over the age of 70 to stay at home last Friday night? Oh, yes, of course. Oh, God, definitely. Definitely. I thought thought of you straight away because you were already doing it. (laughs) Well, I was. I was. But now, in fairness, I wasn't actually isolating as in staying in the house, you know. I was um, was still getting out for my walk, but I wasn't, you know, I was keeping my distance from everyone. But now I'm not, apart from going out in the garden, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going. I do go out in the garden because I'm. I'm. I have no neighbours. Yeah, well, you're allowed to do that in the in yeah. the, with so the. I rules. have no neighbours. I have no near neighbours, so I'm. Um, I go out in the garden, but um, but no, I I don't find it. I think you know it all depends on your attitude, Patricia. I think you know. I mean, if you're a busy person like me, you're an active person, I suppose when you're told you know that you can't do these things, it can be a bit daunting, and but it's not all grim. Do you know what I mean? But what do you say to those people who are not happy about it and not abiding by the directive? Well, you see, I get angry when I hear that people are not abiding by it, you know, because I, I, you know, okay, you can't be constantly focusing your mind on coronavirus every day because, you know, if you constantly think about it and think you're going to get it, then you'll go crazy. But I just feel that if we are, you see, we all, if you think of this like as the whole country being at war, Okay. And we all have to do our bit. In every war, every country had to do their bit, and every person in the country had to do their bit. And we, the elderly, even though I don't like that word, I prefer senior citizens. Seniors, you know, we're okay. senior people. Yeah. And I feel that we have to do our part in this as well, and that's our part. I know it's not much to ask. And I know it's hard for people maybe who are, you know, maybe not like me, you know, have a fine garden to go out to, you know, and t- things to do. And maybe they're not very, you know, maybe they're kind of confined in the city areas and they want to get out. But please, just for now, just don't do it. It, is, it isn't forever. It isn't forever, you see. That's it. We have to look at this, Patricia, like, you know, how does it? Like, if you were climbing a hill, right? Mm-hmm. You're climbing a hill. We have Hungry Hill here, actually, near us. And, we have, and so you're climbing that now. And you think you're halfway up and think, oh, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then you look up and you see the top of it. Mm. And you think, do you know something? I'm going to do it. And you keep going. And when you get up to the top of that hill and you look back down, you think, my God, I didn't fall up here. I climbed it. <laughs> and you climbed up to the top of that and you feel such satisfaction. And I think myself that that's what we have to do. Focus on the hill and keep climbing. And we'll get there. And, and, at the, there, and, the, and the point I was trying to get across to people at the start of the week was it's it's been done to look after 
our seniors. Yeah, we want to see. keep I mean, everybody here. Don't look ha- after the likes of me yeah. and people like me. And and don't get me wrong, like I would be more of an active person, and I find it hard sometimes. But I focus my day. I, you have to have a focus. I'm sorry, people. You have to have a focus every morning. You get up. You have to have a focus. Do your normal routine. Don't think you can slap around in a dressing room because you're not going to see anyone. Go up, have your shower, you know, uh, put on your moisturiser, do your ablutions and get dressed. Put on some nice clothes if you're going to garden. Okay, if you're going to garden, you'll probably just put on your old duds. But, you know, and, and have a focus for the day. You have to have a focus for the day, I think, anyway. And if you can't, if you are maybe, a neat, neat, you know, you wouldn't be that active, you know, put on a bit of music. If you can't do much exercise, sit in a chair, you know, uh, pedal your legs. There are things you can do. There's always things you can do, you know. That, that, that's and, what, and, what, and what have you done during the week? How have you kept busy? And I the weather have, was great, I, so you're probably out in the oh, garden. The weather was no, I have a big garden. Okay. I mean, a big garden. And I mowed the garden. In fact, I mowed it twice. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I was exhausted after it. But it was a good exhausted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could yeah. breathe after it. I did that. I tried in my shed. I okay. started on some clothes. I did a bit of writing. I do a bit of writing. I love writing. Great. I actually love writing, and I did a bit of writing. In fact, you know something, and you'll think this is cuckoo now, but I have a spider in the bathroom, you see. Yeah. And this spider, I talk to the spider every morning and I go into the bathroom. I know people think she's cuckoo, but I'm not. <laughs> but I was thinking that I wrote a story about coronavirus, the spider and me. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be excellent? Yeah. 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 It was, yeah. you see. But like, that's, that's what I mean. It's focus, Patricia. It's focus. And you, know? you keep in contact with loved ones? Oh, my God, yeah. And like, like I said before, I mean, I have an ache, you know, to see my family. I know. And, it's, you know, my son and my daughter and, and my sister, you know, Margaret, I have an ache to see her as well, you know. But, but, you know, that will happen. And I firmly believe I'm one of these people. I have my focus and I firmly believe that I am going to, that, you know, I have people call here to me. Finola comes for a cup of coffee. She can't come anymore, but I firmly believe she'll be sitting here someday and we'll be putting the words to right, world to right. Do you know, Deirdre will call and she'll be smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I just, I, I never thought I'd smell. I'd, um, I'd miss You'd the miss. smell of a cigarette in my kitchen, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> and are you availing of the free postage of letters and parcels by on post? Yeah, yeah, the free postage of letters. Yes, it's great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is brilliant. It is brilliant. You know, everything like that is brilliant. And I feel myself. Please, people, keep your focus. And don't be always focusing on the coronavirus, you know, because if you keep worrying about it, it's only going to get bigger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was that lovely story. You know, it'll get bigger in your mind. Yeah. Don't be self-absorbed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Never, you know, keep saying, I'm not going to give up. Keep positive. I think you'll get through it. Okay, and how how are you managing for your 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 supplies, your food, and oh, all that's have, been delivered? We have, well, we have we've only one ferry trip now, but Gemma or the the girl that drives the rural transport bus, she goes to Castletown on a Friday, a Tuesday and a Friday, and she collects our shopping. And you and give her the list. At the gate. You give, and yeah. No, we just ring Super Value, and they put it. Oh, great! They get they yeah. they they, yeah. they get. And I, you know, I cheered last Friday night when Leo announced no one to visit the islands except the residents. I know, isn't it brilliant? <laughs> he, he was listening to us. He was listening to us for sure. He was definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah. And I think for everyone, Patricia, if you love life, life will love you back. Well done. And on that pa- you know? positive note, we we'll leave it. We'll talk again to you next week.
All right, Patricia. Keep, you take care and you and your family. And and you too. And you keep ticking off the list of, of items will, on your ladder. Okay. Indeed. All right. I God will. bless. God All bless. right. God bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. She bye-bye. really is a ray of positivity. That's our Eileen out on Bear Island who was cocooning long before it even got mentioned. And she continues to cocoon and stays in that wonderful positive frame of mind. And can I thank, while well, I handed out thank yous to somebody, when we were talking about on post and the free postage that they're doing for people who are cocooning. But of course, the free postcard remember if those three postcards should have come through your door make sure you fill them in and send them out to people it's important that people get those uh, postcards and I've received another one today in the post I think it's from Breed and Breed my apologies if I'm reading out your name uh, wrong but uh, she just sends out to all of us here at uh, C103 and she's thinking of us all and, and wants us to keep morale going in what are troubled times at the moment and we will come out of these troubled times but keep sending those free postcards that have been sent out by on post you can just fill them in and send them to anywhere in Ireland and ideally if you can think of somebody who maybe is on their own just puts a smile on somebody's face to have something come through the letterbox that isn't a bill 1850 John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 For the best weekend and sports coverage in Cork. It's got to be C103. I'll bring you updates on cross-channel soccer racing and anything else that happens in the world of sports. Rory Burke kicks off your weekend with a comprehensive Saturday sports preview from 11am. Mark Malone keeps the ball rolling with Cork Sports Saturday from 2. Then Cork Sports Sunday completes your weekend between 2 and 7pm with Brosnan, Boylan, Golden. On the ball for home, car and commercial insurance. Get local people of mind with bbg.ie Every puck, every kick, every score, every weekend. Let me tell you what's happening sporting-wise this weekend here on C103. For sport in Cork, it's got to be C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Kathleen was on uh, when she was listening to our piece about shopping and cocooning in the last hour. She feels that people over the age of 70 should be allowed into shops during the designated hours for the elderly. Uh, well, you might think that you would like that idea, Kathleen, but that's going to breach and break the cocooning rules. So no, I mean, you're at people over 70 and I don't know if it's Kathleen herself or she's speaking on behalf of somebody else for this two-week period of the cocooning asked to remain indoors. Let somebody else do the shopping for you or else get your shopping uh, delivered because the problem would be you don't know who you would meet when you were out and even if you're only meeting up with over other over 70s any of the they could have the virus any of the shop assistants could have the virus the whole idea is to keep the over 70s and those in the vulnerable at risk group to keep them indoors where you know the virus isn't at the moment and uh, keep you safe and can I just give you an answer to something that came in last week and my apologies that I didn't get around to the answer on this this was a lady who contacted us her husband bought a monthly rail trick ticket for the train to Cork for his his work but obviously now he's not going to work anymore and he was she was wondering could her husband use the ticket again when everything's back to normal he's back at work or what's going to happen to this month's long ticket. So we got on to Barry Kenny at Irish Rail and there's two answers to this. If it was a tax saver ticket which is the one purchased through their employer they're working alongside the NTNA and other transport operators to come up to with a solution for those tickets but judging by the tone of Mary Amalo's text I'm assuming her husband purchased the ticket himself. So if it's a non-tax saver 
purchased directly from Irish Rail, which is what we're assuming Mary's husband uh, did. Then Mary, your husband needs to post, and this is for anybody else that bought the monthly train ticket, you need to post it to Erin Rotherham, Customer Care, Connolly Station in Dublin 1 and they're issuing vouchers for future use. So when we all get back to normal and we will all get back to normal, your husband will be able to use the voucher to buy another month long ticket. But you need to send it back and get issued with a voucher instead. Erin Rotherham, Customer Care, Connolly Station in uh, Dublin. I want to go to the phone lines now because Councillor Frank Roach has spotted a problem that is going to affect a number of young learner drivers. Good afternoon to you, Frank. Good afternoon, Patricia. Now, Frank, this was highlighted to you because you heard about a young driver who's going to, and a family are going to come up against a problem. Tell me what it is. Well, last night, a man rang me that his uh, his 20-year-old son, um, he had done the the 12 lessons uh, with Aviva, and he got his insurance reduced by doing the 12 lessons um, with Aviva. Now, the father felt in order to help him a bit further, he got him a further six lessons, uh, plus another three months insurance. Now, his insurance is expiring on the 16th of April. But he had his driving test organised for these days, now this week. But the fact that the virus, there's no testing being done. Mm. So what's going to happen this June on the 16th of uh, April is his insurance will expire. So he'll either have to go back on uh, under the parents' insurance um, or get a, get a very expensive court or a very expensive um, price for insurance. Now, the other problem as well is for him to go to work then, if he know, assuming that he will pass his test, but uh, if he hasn't done his test, he will have to have an accompanied driver. So he's curtailing from where, from doing any, I know he's not supposed to be driving to work at the moment, but he's curtailing his driving abilities. And is he at work? Is he, is he, has he a job that, is he, has he a job to go oh, to the moment? I'm, I'm just reading here now. He is 20 and a lifeguard with Cork County Council in Formoy and a fully qualified swim teacher at 20. Um, okay, well, he's he's not so at work at the moment because all, all the swimming pools are closed. Okay, so yeah, the, yeah, closed the work yeah, yeah, the work yeah. issue doesn't come up until the the crisis ends. That's but right, it, but in, right. but but he needs to keep his driving skills up in order that when the pandemic passes, he'll be able to apply. And 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 he and a lot of others will all be applying together. I have to say. Uh, there'll be there'll be a, a mad run to try and get driving tests, yeah. but the bigger problem is the insurance. The insurance, yes, because the insurance. See, he got he got a reduced rate. The fact that he did his twelve lessons with a visa, yeah, That's and then he did a father six lessons, and he got a three months expen- uh, extension onto that. But that is ending on the sixteenth of April, which is what two weeks time. So, in the ideal world, the insurance company will extend that for another three months. Is that, is well, that, that what you that, you would you'd that, like that, to see right, happen? Asking for that, they extend it another three months or extend it till till the the scale is over. Okay, and well, we're we're getting onto Aviva, and while it's just Aviva that the particular person that has highlighted the issue to you, but I'm assuming it's the oh, same no, with all I, insurance it, companies. Just, he happens to be with Aviva. Yeah. Aviva okay. With it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're yeah. contacting on on the behalf of you and and this young driver and yeah. his family. We're contacting Aviva, and we'll wait and see what we. Get. Back. No, I, I was actually on to TD as well to respond. Well, I rang the TD, but he didn't ring me back yet. But I don't mind that he will ring me back, and we'll be fighting it and as well to see what we can do for it. Like you know, to, to see can the government. 
get involved. That's right, Jay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. listen, Frank, thank you for that. Thanks for right, drawing our attention you. to it. Bye-bye. And it will, as I say, it'll affect a number of other young drivers, particularly those that had applied for their tests and hoping to, that's not to say that, you know, I can straight away see people say, choose to say we'll pass these tests. We're assuming that the young driver would pass his uh, test, but there are will be a number of people uh, caught out with that one for sure. 1850-333-103. Patricia, there are people over the age of 70 out shopping in town. I saw them this morning. The Gardaí should be out checking them in the towns. My fear is if the over 70s don't abide by what's been put in place, that is going to be the next stage that we're going to have the Gardaí stopping people. And, and nobody wants that either. But I think we're going to get to the stage that if we don't all start abiding by the guidelines that have been put in place for all our benefits and for the benefit of the wider community, in particular the older generation, we're going to get much more stricter restrictions put in place that nobody wants. You know, because people are finding it, are coping at the moment, but they, you know, people can be going a bit stir crazy, but we don't want them made any more difficult than they are at the moment. And the only way we can allow that the restrictions remain as they are is for everyone to abide by them. So I do think there is a little bit of the some of the older generation need to cop on and start staying in, in indoors like you're, what you've been asked uh, to do. Uh, just some of your texts coming in to me. Hi Trish, this is a Cork City listener. I'm not sure if I heard right, but I think I heard the former newsreader from C103 giving a news report on the 10am news, the lovely Sarah McMahon. Did I hear right? You did indeed. Sarah in her new job role, She's she works with EPS, she's their social media, media manager there. And uh, yeah, she was on a news bulletin earlier this morning. Yeah, it's the one and the same, Sarah McMahon, who we all still dearly miss. On a lighter note, says the Mallow listener, Patricia, I was wondering, Does anybody know, where is the lovely lady Carla Blake now? She used to write lovely news and gorgeous recipes for us to try. I think she used to write them for the Cork Examiner. Thanking you. Could you find out if anybody knows where Carla Blake is now? By the way, I'm getting on fine during this current lockdown. My family are keeping me well stocked with food and treats. I wonder, does would any of your listeners know, does... With bicarbonate of soda, is it good for heartburn? It's heartburn from a hernia, thanking you. Uh, I've heard that bicarbonate of soda is good for a heartburn. I don't know heartburn related to a hernia. If you if you remember it and you're with us, you're tuned in on Monday. Annalise Drisella, nutritional therapist, would certainly have the answer or if she didn't have the answer. If, if it isn't good, she'll point you in the right direction. If you want to get that question back into us on Monday, I know Annalise would be only too delighted to offer any advice that she could. On Eugene Scally, who joined us in the last hour, talking about how supermarkets are coping at the moment. Hi, Patricia. Well said there at the end of Eugene Scally's interview when he spoke about Arthishak and how well Arthishak are doing. Arthishak is out on his own. He addresses his people in such a dignified manner. And we have every faith in him, Simon Coveney and Simon Harris, too. They're under a huge amount of pressure at the moment. I heard somebody also on your programme complain about the pay difference that people are on. We are all out of pocket during this current pandemic but could we please put greed aside for now. Please. Survival is all we need to be focused on. Take care Patricians. Stay safe and how right you are. 
worrying about who's getting paid more than somebody else is getting paid. It's just, it's staying alive, as the song says, isn't it, at this stage? And here's words of wisdom. Don't worry about tomorrow, says this listener. It only takes away today's peace. Now, right you are. Uh, that listener also says, does every single household in the land get those free postcards? Thanking you for your great show. Uh, yeah, on post is delivering the postcards to every. Now, not every. I know whenever I mention it, we'll get calls in from somebody saying, I didn't get any, any of those postcards. I know the, the post people are delivering them when they're putting letters in through your letterbox. Now, maybe you haven't had letters for the last week or so. And if that be the case, keep a lookout for your postman and if, just tell him you haven't had the postcards. He'd be only too delighted to pass them on to you. Could you please tell me why the co-op stores are not selling paint? What a better time to do a bit of painting while we're all stuck at home with all the gardening now completed. The gardens are looking well. Uh, but the one thing left to do is a bit of painting. Love your show. Keep up the good work. We need to actually, I don't know if we'll get to it today, but we I've we've heard from others who are trying to get their hands on paint. Lots of people want to spend this time doing painting and it does seem to be a problem. I know before the major lockdown came in last Friday night that a number of the hardware stores were doing click and collect and others were doing a delivery service. We're going to have to try and take a look next week and find out what hardware stores are available. Because on the actual list, you know the list that came out from the government about what could open and what wasn't allowed to open, the different retail outlets. It did It did say that businesses that could offer... Now, it was emergency call-out our delivery services. And delivery services on that list was hardware stores. So hardware stores are allowed to do delivery, but we need to find out which of them are doing deliveries or, or click, click and collect because there are, I, there, I, there isn't a day goes by, I think, that we don't get a call or a text in from somebody wanting to know where could they get a, a tin of paint because they want to spruce up the house a little bit. So leave that with us and we'll try and get back to that next week. Uh, Michael, oh, John Paul has me looking at something here. Let me go to the end of this page and see if this is a, an update. Um, Carmel in um, Balanine. OK, let me go to the phone lines. Carmel, I oh know Carmel in Balanine isn't there. Am I going to line one? I am. Sorry, let me go to line one where Carmel should be. Um, good afternoon to you, Carmel. Hello, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Okay, you've got a story about a return ticket to go to Dublin. That's correct. It's just I wanted to highlight it because of that gentleman that was on there who had to go inquiring about his ticket. Um, my husband went to Dublin last year, purchased a day return ticket. He, he got the nine, at, uh, nine o'clock uh, from Cork to Dublin and he was scheduled to come home at the four o'clock. But his appointment was uh, over earlier than anticipated. Yeah. So he came back to CIE station and he asked the gentleman, was there any chance he could get home earlier? So the gentleman at the gate said, no problem, you come back here. I think it was the half twelve he got back, um, the one from Cork to Dublin. He got that one home, from sorry, from Dublin to Cork. Yeah. And sat on his train, read his paper. Next thing, the inspector came along and he said, can I see your ticket? And he showed him his ticket and he said, I'm sorry, you're in breach of regulations here. You shouldn't be on this train. You're scheduled to come home at four. But then he said, I asked the gentleman and he said, you can go on it. So he said, I'm sorry, you're going to be hearing from us. So he came home and he said, yeah, the inspector checked my ticket and within seven days we got a fine for 100 euro. Which he had to pay, which he had to pay because he got seven days to pay it. So I emailed him and gave him my story that, look, he was genuine. It was a genuine case. He wasn't doing anything as we thought underhand. And um, we got a letter back and an email back saying, you have 20 extra days to get this in. Otherwise,
otherwise it will go into thousands. That's or a cautionary court proceedings. So I'm just alerting you to the fact yeah, that Yeah, that's a cautionary tale. I, I yeah. know you can buy what's called those flexible tickets, but they're more expensive where you yeah. can get on. No, they put a day return yeah, um, yeah. going up at nine and coming home at four. But as his appointment was, as I said, over earlier. Yeah, and it happens to all of us. Happens to and all he, of us. He just went to the station. He was going to wait until four o'clock, but he went to the station, met this lovely gentleman at the gate. And he said, no, no, you can go home on the next train. The next one from Dublin to Cork, I'll put you on it. You come back with your ticket at half twelve. And so he did. And we thought, or he did, he was on his own. He thought he was doing everything above board until uh, seven days later, we got the €100 fine in the post. My goodness, that's a cautionary tale and and a lesson well learned. Exactly. (laughs) An expensive lesson. Okay, An expensive lesson. But look, the appointment and everything was clear. So um, we said, look, to hell with it, we'll pay it. But... Was very annoying, I would say. Yeah, so yeah. just alert that gentleman to check okay. his ticket before he um, does oh. anything more. Before he and and, a, gen- and a general advice to everyone: you need to stick exactly. with the unless you've won those flexible tickets, which are more expensive. Yes. Yes. and very few now people go for those. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Carmel. Thanks for that. Okay, thanks for joining bye. us. Bye bye. That is Carmel in Balanine. Hi, uh, Patricia. This is Michael. I'm self-isolating myself as I have an underlying condition. I have in the last couple of weeks done the online shopping at my local store, but it isn't great for the last two weeks. Why? because they have no potatoes and no fresh vegetables when I put my order in. I even phoned them to say, look, I'm running out of the basics. Lo and behold, my shopping has arrived again without the basics. I'm trying to do the right thing, but when you can't get the basics, what is the answer? I do appreciate things can be in short supply, but we need the basics, potatoes and veg. I'm wondering how are others using the online service faring out? Uh, thanking you for your programme. It's the first, Michael. It certainly is the first that we've heard from people who are putting an order in online and then when the order arrives, like they are the basics. Like it isn't like you'd asked for a very expensive bottle of champagne that was out at the moment or dare I even say that you asked for some hand sanitizers or toilet rolls and they were gone into short supply. But they are the basics. Potatoes and veg are certainly the basics. What I would suggest, I don't know if you've got anyone local like family or friends who could perhaps go out and source potatoes and, and veg for you if you don't. And I'm very aware that not everybody has somebody that they can call on. Ring that Cork County Council helpline number because they'll know of somebody in your area, Michael, that will be able to get vegetables and potatoes and whatever else you need and they'll drop it to your door for you and the social distancing, all of that will operate. 1-800-805-819 1-800-805-819 Everyone who's cocooning needs to have that number close by the phone in case that they need to contact uh, somebody. But we'll see, has anybody else having problems with online shopping that the orders arrive and the basics, not all of the basics two weeks in a row that the basics aren't in it. Hi Patricia, I posted my form for the COVID-19 unemployment benefit on March the 23rd and I haven't got a payment uh, yet. Do I need to resend it please? Okay, what did you say? Give me that date again. You said the 23rd. All of the the department told us that they processed all of the applications received by close of business on Thursday the 26th. If your payment was in by then, then people got their money who were entitled to it last uh, Tuesday. If the payment went in after that date, then the next payment is going to be Tuesday of next week. Now, when you say you posted the form, posted the form on the 23rd. Okay, allowing that maybe you didn't get to the post before collection time. Okay, so say it went on the 24th, 
would have been in on the 25th. Yeah, okay. Because they're telling people because a, a big something like 30,000 people weren't entitled. 30,000 people applied who weren't entitled to, to the payment. And then there was 15,000 people who had incorrect PPS numbers. There was IBAN numbers weren't incorrect and they simply weren't able to process the money. So I don't know whether you've fallen into that or not. So they are saying to people, if you definitely are within, you know, the, the right age group, 18 and 66, you've definitely lost your job because of COVID-19. They're saying to you to resubmit another application and you need to go to mywelfare.ie you need to do it online this time and they're particularly trying to target this at people who for whatever reason incorrectly submitted any of the the details so you can go to mywelfare.ie and resubmit it all over again because if it was in if the application arrived into the department by close of business last Thursday the 26th of March the payment the payments went through for over 283,000 customers and they went into people's bank accounts next Tuesday the next payment is going to be Tuesday of next week so if you get it back in again you definitely will have your payment by next uh, week uh, for sure Sheila says Hi Patricia with all the masses online I've been travelling to more churches than ever just to see the different masses and the different prayer services that are going on online. But last night, I have to say, says Sheila, was the most bizarre. It was a rosary in a church in Glasgow. There was a little old priest and I don't know how he managed to break out of his cocoon, but he was saying the rosary with his dog beside him on the altar. Rest of the church empty, just this elderly priest and his dog. And in between the decades of the rosary, he was telling jokes. It wasn't my way of doing it, but it did make me smile. Whatever gets me through it, I, su- I suppose, says <laughs> Sheila. doesn't surprise me that it came out of Glasgow. Isn't that a real Scottish sense of uh, humour? <laughs> um, Billy Connolly comes to mind immediately. He would, Billy Connolly would love that story uh, so much. But yeah, I mean, if that priest, if it's helping and it helped you and it made you smile and there's nothing wrong while having your prayer and saying the rosary, there's nothing wrong with smiling for sure. When we were talking about home helps being without personal protective equipment, the PPEs, uh, text in saying, Hi Patricia, I work as a home help in the West Cork area. I have no problem with protective gloves and aprons. I simply ring my line manager and I get what I need to keep my clients and myself safe. So it isn't the same for all home helps. While we are hearing from some home helps, this listener is saying it's not the same for everyone and just to make people aware of uh, that. 1850-333-103. John Paul continues to take your calls along with uh, Sadie and you can text our WhatsApp to 0862-103-103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Now, for people that are cocooning at the moment and need physiotherapy advice, you can contact Carberry Physiotherapy free of charge. They're also, they've also posted a list of HSC validated exercises on the Carberry Physiotherapy Facebook page and it's to encourage older people to maintain mobility. So anybody who's struggling, not getting any exercise, normally goes to the physiotherapist. Why not check that out? Carberry Physiotherapy. And Tracton Athletes Club, they've organised a fundraising event 
for this coming weekend called Tractor AC Going the Distance. Club members will virtually run and or walk the full length of Cork's coastline, which is 1,094 kilometres collectively between them, while adhering to COVID-19 restrictions around exercising solo and staying within a two-kilometre uh, walk of their home. Isn't that fantastic? All monies raised will go to the local Tracton Active Retirement Association and you can check it all out on their Facebook and Instagram page for more information. That really is terrific. And that's happening. It's, it's Is it this weekend? It is. Yeah, Friday the 3rd of April through to Sunday the 5th. And do hollow vintage run in aid of the Mercy Hospital that was to take place on the 19th in Blackwater Castle in Castle Town Roach has been cancelled until further notice. C103 brings you Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Saturdays at 10am and Wednesdays at 10pm. What are farmers' spring crop options? Some people would have liked to try to get beans in early in particular or maybe the likes of spring wheat. Now because the area wasn't sown in the autumn and you know the seed trade couldn't have predicted this so seed will be scarce. Turn on Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Range. The complete feed for your calves this spring. Only on C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And Frank Roach, who brought up the issue of the young driver, the 20-year-old, the learner driver, and the insurance about to run out and what's going to happen and the premium is going to go through the roof. A listener says, Patricia, we've had the very same problem with both of our two children. We contacted our broker on Wednesday and we've been told that Aviva have added an extra month free uh, for our son, because our son was due to take his test on the 8th of April. All right, that's good news here because I was I was saying that to Frank this isn't a one-off this is affecting a lot of learner drivers so well done to Aviva I don't know if the other insurance companies are doing it but Aviva certainly is Hi Patricia can we go for a swim in the sea as part of our exercise you can if you're it's within you live within two kilometres of the sea but you can't drive to the sea and then go for a swim you must live within well you can if you live within two kilometres but if you're 10 kilometres away from the sea you can't drive and then go for a swim in the sea so the sea is only for people who live within the lucky people who live within two kilometres of it at the moment and hi Patricia can you call out very clearly exactly what an over 70s person can and can't do for example can we go outside to exercise and get fresh air yes you can go outside to exercise and get fresh air as long as you do it in the confines of your own garden you can't go out onto the street or go for a walk or go up the road or down the road can't go into your car to go for a drive for example so yes you can go outside to exercise but outside what they are what the Taoiseach is saying outside is out in your own garden if you're lucky enough to have a garden 1850 we were talking about the farmers markets uh, earlier and Kieran Casey is with a group called Ma- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Asked, which is Market Alive Support Team. And uh, he joins me. Good afternoon to you, Kiron. Good afternoon, Patricia. Kiron, your group, just tell me firstly a little bit about your group and why your group has been set up. Well, we've been, we've been operating since the 1st of January 2011 and uh, my partner, Elisa O'Reilly, and myself, we manage an umbrella liability insurance scheme for people who either trade at markets or for people who operate markets. Um, anybody, you, I think you mentioned Bantry earlier on the show. Yeah. Um, all of the traders there um, are obliged to show a minimum of 6.5 million public liability indemnity insurance and if they're selling food, also 6.5 million product liability indemnity and that has now been adopted by mar- all, well, all public markets and also markets taking place on private lands. For example, in Cork City there, you've got Douglas Wil- Wilton and Man Point. Okay, but, three, the, but there's... wonderful food markets. But there's no markets at the moment because of COVID-19. That's it, exactly, exactly. Now, we have received um, a number of phone calls um, daily from market operators who have been contacted in turn by their respective customers who are asking, is there not something that can be done to get these markets up and running again, just for, for, the, for the, the sale of foodstuff, um, because they view the, the, their own local food markets as being essential food outlets, and they would like to have access to them. Um, now, based on, on <clears throat> the Taoiseach's um, statement that, that food markets had to close, Wednesday of last week, I actually contacted the Taoiseach's office. Okay. Um, and explained what was happening, explained the communications that we were receiving, um, and they referred me then to the Department of Business, Enterprise and Innovation, so Heather Humphrey's office. Okay. Um, I got in touch with Heather Humphrey's office and ended up speaking with her, her private secretary. Um, his name here is... If I can find Do, it. It doesn't, it doesn't really doesn't matter, matter, but anyway, exactly. yeah, civil service. explained the situation. Yeah. He asked me to email him, which yeah. I did. Um, Eamon McCormick is his name, um, told him what was happening. He acknowledged that, said he'd bring it to Heather Humphrey's uh, attention. And then on Monday of this week, uh, Doreen Allen gave me a call. And she was also working on a similar initiative. So we Great advocate of the markets. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we've got, a, we've got a great relationship with Middleton Farmers Markets, um, which is she, her, her kind of tra- trading outlet. Um, so we put together a joint email, which we sent to Michael Creed, and, again, to the Department of Business, Enterprise and Innovation. Now, ironically, we got an acknowledgement from DBEI, um, no acknowledgement at all from Michael Creed. Uh, and then yesterday, we got a, a second email from DBEI from a lady called Carmel saying that the senior civil servants in her department had d- decreed that they weren't the department to be dealing with our inquiry and our, our, our proposals and we should actually go back to the Department of the Taoiseach. Where you started? 
Exactly, exactly. Oh, so it's, it's so, um, it's so it's, frustrating. It's, but it's and is it the food end of the farmers markets? It's 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 only the food end. Only, only actually, the food we're, end. Because all of the producers are still making this food. I'm assuming. Well, this is, as we said in 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 in, in the, the email to to the two ministers, the hens keep laying, chicken and ducks yeah. and pigs continue to fatten, vegetables, herbs and flowers keep growing, trawlers keep landing the catch. Yeah, uh, and social distancing. You think you could abide by it? You could absolutely. I mean, we 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 have it further on in the the the, the email. Um, I said that Mast, my, our company who represents the majority of Irish farmers and food markets, will liaise with each market to ensure the following: that each market will appoint wardens to ensure that customers fully comply with social distancing. Yeah, yeah. Each market will ensure all stalls are spaced at a minimum of two metres apart and will continue to strictly adhere to social distancing, hand washing and sanitising. Um, uh, and no, no children to be allowed at the food markets. Yeah, so, so, so sticking to a lot of the rules that are in supermarkets, and many of the supermarkets are... Exactly, are, are, yeah. exactly. And the Taoiseach is, is stated publicly that outdoor activities pose a significantly less stress, yeah. threat of spreading the virus than indoor activities. Are you in danger of some of the producers going out of business if they can't sell their wares? This is absolutely yeah. the, the case. We're looking at an industry that does not receive any recognition on, on a, a national level. We have tried to engage with various government departments through, over the years um, to, to, to get a national recognition for it. We, we estimate there's at least 10,000 people uh, employed directly through the market trading industry and then thousands more to ancillary support services. And people absolutely love them, Kiron. We've been, since the markets have stopped, we've had countless people contacting us saying how much that they miss the markets. There's a great buzz about the markets and, and they're a huge benefit to the towns where they are. Yeah, and this is, this is another point we made. In addition, the relationship between local producers and their consumers is life-affirming. This mm. relationship must be protected. Okay, so you're back. You're back where you started at the Taoiseach's office waiting for a response, is it? Absolutely. Ah, right. Okay. All right, listen, will you keep us posted? I said, I was absolutely, Patricia. And Thank you very much no for the opportunity to talk to No you. problem, our okay. pleasure. Thanks for that. Okay. It's Kieran Casey of MAST, who are the Market Alive support team. And I know a lot of people would like to see the farmers' markets reopen, as long as everyone can abide by all the rules and the regulations of social distancing, because the whole thing is we need to keep everybody as safe as possible. Hi, Trish. This is on the COVID-19 payments. What about an 18-year-old leaving search student that had a part-time job and was on the books? Would she be entitled to anything? She was working nine hours uh, a week. If she lost her job, even a part-time job because of the COVID-19 pandemic payment, yes, she is entitled to apply because we only heard during last Tuesday when the money started to arrive in people's accounts we had a number of parents contact us to say how surprised they were that their son and daughter, who only had a job on a Saturday, was suddenly receiving three hundred and fifty euro. Now, I have to say, any of this, any of the parents who contacted us had students that were in college. So I don't know a Leaving Cert student, are they technically deemed to be still in school? But listen, nothing ventured, nothing gained uh, because the payment is aimed at people between the age of 18 and 66. And once uh, your daughter is 18, I would say apply. Absolutely apply. And you apply through my welfare dot ie or as you can go on and download it it's it's a very simple form it's a one page form and we're sending people back to mywelfare.ie to the people who applied 
are definitely entitled to it. I can't overemphasise that because the amount of people who applied for this payment who weren't entitled to it, particularly people over the age of uh, 66 and then people who put in wrong numbers and all of that. Uh, If you are one of the ones who didn't get paid because you've somehow submitted the form wrong or put wrong information down then you need to reapply through mywelfare.ie Hi Patricia this is on paint as far as I know Boherbury Co-op is open but just for farm supplies I think that's the same with all of the co-op stores it's just for essential items they're open for they're not selling uh, paint uh, but they also that they do sell all types of paint yeah but they're just not available for a uh, paint somebody else is saying Patricia you need to get on to this paint issue because it is vital for paint stores to reopen or for people to get access to paint because it will be good for their mental health if they have something to do and something to be able to do it's just people are finding themselves with a lot of time on their hands and nothing to do and sorry now Patricia says somebody who's giving out about people over the age of 70 who are 70 are out on the street how does anybody know if a man or a woman is over the age of uh, 70 well I think some of the people that I've seen out and about I have to say I'm not querying that somebody is over the age of 70 or not but they definitely well look over the age of 70 except for somebody borderline somebody late 60s early 70s you can have somebody in their early 70s might only look in their 50s I absolutely accept that but it's the spirit of what this over 70s is. and remember it isn't just for over 70s it's for people as well who have a health condition that leaves them vulnerable it's, it's so it isn't just for, for over over 70s but it has been the, the spirit in which it's been done is to protect them and to keep them safe it's not that people are trying to force somebody over the age of 70 to stay indoors it's you know we're not saying you can never come out again it's to keep them safe. That's what this is all about. 1850 Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Through government decisions, the mobilisation of communities and the leadership of our incredible healthcare professionals, we can have a profound effect on the impact of this pandemic on our people. We have so many heroes manning our front lines, but we need everyone in this country to be a hero. Be a hero in their own home, be a hero in their community by taking the actions that will save lives. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. And Pat, just some of your final texts in before we leave you. Pat says, uh, Patricia, please uh, don't allow this awful disease. Uh, coronavirus to be turned into a political football the government is doing what they are supposed to uh, be doing so I take it from that you're very happy Pat with what the government are doing and this text made me smile from John in Blackpool says hi Patricia my daughter just texted me to say her husband is now qualified in using the washing machine I said give him a cert there's lots of men discovering who who haven't but not all men there's some great men out there who are always able to use the washing machine but lots of men are learning tricks and skills like that because they're home with their wives all day and they will go away with skills that they that they didn't have when this lockdown first started Dennis says hi I have a camp 
camper van. Can I take it out and park it up in, in a quite isolated spot for my mental health as I would be technically in my home from home thanking you, uh, says Dennis. I'm assuming the fact you're asking that you're over the age of 70 and cocooning, Dennis. The only problem that I foresee with that, and even if you're under the age of, of 70, you're only allowed... Uh, we're not allowed to exercise outside of two kilometres. The only way you can go further is if you have to go shopping and there's no shop within the two kilometre limit. So everybody is limited to staying at home and being at home. The, your only problem is the Gardaí are stopping people and they're asking people, where are you going? Where are you from? Why are you out? And if you don't have a genuine reason, they'll tell you turn around and go back home. So that's the only problem that I see with your issue of and wouldn't it be lovely to go off in a camper and try and find a nice scenic spot we could all do with a change of everyone could do with a change of scenery but we will get the change of scenery Dennis this has been done for everybody we're saving lives think about it that way we're fighting a war and we are saving a life a bearer listener says Patricia on the issue of over 70s how can anybody tell anybody's age I'm 56 but I look 46 <laughs> keep up the fantastic work well done uh, to you and with me my age it depends on what day of the week as to how I'm looking, as to what age I look or, or don't look. And this is the latest in from social welfare for people who have, unfortunately, lost their jobs and been temporarily laid off. And we're emphasising the temporarily laid off. There has been an unprecedented demand for income supports. I think we all know that. To date, they, they tell us 300,000 applicants have been processed. The majority of the applications have been made online, which is reducing the footfall at the intro offices around the country. And the intro offices, that's the new name for the Department of Social Welfare offices. Opening hours at the intro offices are now being reduced and will now be only open to the public from 10am to 1pm on Fridays, Mondays and Wednesdays. This is to ensure that all the resources can be focused on processing applications as quickly as possible. And they are encouraging everybody to do as much of your work as you can online. And I know the original application, you can post that, print it off and uh, post it in. But they're asking people not to go into the intro offices, particularly people who are applying for the COVID-19 emergency uh, payments. And and like out of the 300,000, that's a huge amount of work that had to be conducted. 30,000 who applied didn't receive a, a payment and it was either because the form was um, in, ineligible or the application contained incorrect information. I mean, there was a cohort, half, actually 15,000 were deemed ineligible because they weren't aged between 18 and 66. I'm taking 15,000 people over the age of 66 and some of them would have been under 18 applied. So they they, they weren't entitled to it. And there was also then people who were literally, to me, just trying to scam it. People who hadn't lost their jobs and were trying to get the payment. And there was also people who had lost their either their own business but it wasn't because of COVID-19. This special payment is only either your business is gone or your job is gone as a direct result of the COVID-19 pandemic. And they, they are the only ones that can be paid uh, under this scheme. Now, anyone who's applied since, either reapplied or applied since, we're being told that the applications received before yesterday, a one-week payment will be made next Tuesday. OK, that's for anyone who applied up to close of business yesterday. They're now scrambling to go through all of those and work out everything and get the money into people's banks for next Tuesday. Okay, that's where we wrap it up for today and indeed for another very busy week. My thanks once again to John Paul and to Sadie who worked extremely hard 
every day this week the phone lines were incredibly busy and thank you to you the listeners who have been really really supportive and all of your texts and calls coming in we really do appreciate them Uh, that's where I leave you for today Nick Richards is next and stay safe